Welcome to Storytime with Kurt. In each episode, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and just chill out while I read Tom Swift and His Electric Runabout by Victor Appleton. Previously, in Chapter 19 of Tom Swift and His Electric Runabout. Well, as they were back on the way to Shopton, Tom and Mr. Damon got hit by, well, thieves in the road. I personally think it's Andy Foger and his buddies, but we'll see. Chapter 20 on time. Close around the electric auto crowded the members of the hold-up gang. Their eyes seemed to glare through the holes in, the, in their black masks. Instantly, Tom thought of the other occasion when he was halted by masked figures. Could these, by any possibility, be the same individuals? Was this a trick of Andy Foger and his cronies? Tom tried to peer, pierce through the disguises. Clearly, the Persons were men, not boys, and they wore the ragged clothes of tramps. Also, there was an air of dogged determination about them. Well, are you going to shell out? asked the leader, taking a step nearer. Or will we have to take it? Bless my very existence. You don't mean to say that you're going to take the money. I mean, how do you know we even have any money? And Mr. Damon hastily corrected himself. What right have you to stop us in this way? Don't you know that every minute counts? We are in a hurry. I know it, spoke the leading masked figure with a laugh. I know you have considerable money in that shebang, and I know what you hope to do with it. Prevent the run on the Shopton National Bank. But we need that money as much as some other people, and what's more, we're going to have it. Come on, shell out. Oh, why didn't we bring a gun, lamented Mr. Damon in a low voice to Tom. Isn't there anything we could do? Can't you, like, give him an electric shock, Tom? I'm afraid not. If it wasn't for that hay wagon, we could turn on the current and make a run for it, but we'd only go into the ditch if we tried to pass now. The load of hay was down the road, but as Tom looked, he noticed a curious thing. It seemed to be nearer than it was when the attack of the masked men came. The wagon actually seemed to have backed up. Once more, the thought came to the lad that possibly the load of fodder might be one of the factors on which the thieves counted. They might have used it to make the auto halt, and the man or men on it were probably in collusion with the footpads. There was no doubt about it. The load of hay was coming nearer, backing up instead of moving away. Tom couldn't understand it. He gave a swift glance at the robbers. They had not appeared to notice this, or if they had, they gave no sign. Then we can't do anything, murmured Mr. Damon. I don't see that we can, replied the young inventor in a low voice. And the money we have worked so hard to get won't do the bank any good, and Mr. Damon sighed. It's tough luck, agreed Tom. Come on now. Fork over that cash, called the leader, advancing still closer. None of that talk between you there. If you think you can work some trick on us, you're mistaken. We're desperate men, and we're well-armed. The first show of resistance you make, 
and we shoot. Get that, fellas. He added to his followers, and they nodded grimly. Well, remarked Mr. Damon with an air of submission, I only want to warn you that you're acting illegally and that you're perpetuating a, or, per, or perpetrating a desperate crime. Oh, we know that all right, answered one of the men, and Tom gave a start. He was sure he had heard that voice before. He tried to remember it, tried to penetrate the disguise, but he could not. I'll give you ten seconds more to hand over that bag of money, went on the leader. If you don't, we'll take it, and some of you may get hurt in the process. There seemed nothing else to do. With a white face, but with anger showing in his eyes, Mr. Damon reached down to get the police. Tom had retained his grip of the steering wheel and the starting lever. He hoped, at the last minute, he might see a chance to dash away and escape, but that load of hay was in the path. He noted that it was now quite near, but the thieves paid no attention to it. Tom might have reversed the power and sent his machine backward, but he could not see to steer it if he went in that direction, and he would soon have gone into the ditch. There was nothing to do save to hand over the cash, it seemed. But they don't have rearview mirrors back then? Oh well. Mr. Damon had the bag raised from the car, and the leader of the thieves was reaching up for it when there came a sudden interruption. From the load of hay there sounded a fusillade of pistol shots cracking out with viciousness. This was instantly followed by the appearance of three men who came running around from the load of hay down the road toward the thieves. Each man carried a pitchfork, and as they ran, one of the trio sh shouted, Right at em, boys! Jab your hay forks clean through the scoundrels! By heck, I guess we'll show em, and we'll, we know how to tackle a hold-up gang as well as the next fella. Right at em now! Charge em! Stick your forks right through em! Again, there sounded a fusillade of pistol shots. The thieves turned as one man and glanced at the relief so unexpectedly approaching. They gave one look at three determined-looking farmers with their sharp, glittering pitchforks, and then without a word they turned and fled, leaping into the bushes that lined the roadway. The underbrush closed after them, and they were hidden from sight. On came the three farmers, waving their effective weapons, the pistol shots still ringing out from the load of hay. Tom could not understand it, and could see no one firing, could detect no smoke. Are they gone? Did they rob you? Asked the foremost of the trio, a burly, grizzled farmer. Bust my buttons, but I guess we scared them all right. Bless my shoe buttons, but you certainly have, cried Mr. Damon, descending from the automobile and wringing the hand of the farmer while Tom thrust the bag of money under his legs and waited further developments. The pistol shots rang out until one of the men called, That'll do, bub. We scared him like Mrs. Zenobi's pet cat. You needn't crack that whip anymore. Whip, cried Tom. Was that a whip? That's what it was, explaining the lead farmer. Bub Armstrong, my nephew, can crack it to beat the band, and as if in proof there's this there emerged from behind the load of hay a small lad carrying a large whip, 
to which he gave a few trial cracks, like pistol shots, as if to show his ability. It's all right, bub, his uncle assured him. We made him run. But I don't exactly understand, spoke Mr. Damon. I thought you were in league with those thieves, not stopping us as you did with your big load. So did I, admitted Tom. <laughs> Laughed the farmer. That's a pretty good joke. Excuse me for laughing. My, my name's Lion. Uh, Lion. Uh, Jethro Lion of Selena Township. And these is my two sons, Aid and Bert. You see, we're on our way to Shopton, and my nephew, Bub, he went along. We thought you were some of them sassy automobile fellas at first when you hollered to us that you wanted to pass, but that's when we looked back and we seen them burglars gonna rob you, and that's what we suspicioned, and he paused suggested. That was it, Tom said. Well, when we seen that, we held a sort of consultation on that load of hay where they couldn't see us. It was so big, you know. He needlessly explained, Well, we calculated we could help you, just, so I just quietly backed up until I was near enough. I told Bub to take the long whip and crack it for all he was worth, so that would sound like reinforcements approaching with guns, and he done it. He certainly done it, added Bert. Well, resumed Mr. Lion, then me and my sons, we just slipped off down the front seat and came a-running with our pitchforks. I reckon them burglars would run when they seen and heard us, and they done so. Yep, they done so, added Aid like an echo. I can't tell you how obliged we are to, to you, said Mr. Damon. We have $60,000 in this valise, and they would have had it in another minute, and the bank would have failed. That makes no sense. Why would you tell any strangers that? Sixty thousand dollars, gasped Mr. Lyon, and his sons and nephews echoed the words. Mr. Damon briefly explained about the money, and he and the young inventor again thanked their rescuers who had so unexpectedly and in such a novel manner put the thieves to flight. And you've got to get to Shopton before three o'clock with that cash, asked Mr. Lyon. That's what we hope to do, replied Tom, but I'm afraid we won't now. It's half past two, and... Don't say another word, interrupted Mr. Lyon. I know what you mean. My hay's in the road, but don't let that worry you none. I'll pull out of your road in a jiffy, and if we do go down in the ditch, why, we can throw out part of the load, lighten the wagon, and pull out again. You gotta hustle if you get to Shopton by three. I can do it with a clear road, declared Tom confidently. Then you'll have the clear road, Mr. Lyon assured him. Come on, boys, let's get the hay to one side. The farmers pulled into the ditch. As they had feared, the wagon went into almost the hubs, but they did not mind, and even as Tom and Mr. Damon shot past them, they fell to work tossing off part of the fodder to lighten the wagon. The young inventor and his companion waved a grateful farewell to them as they tore past, and for Tom had turned on almost the full current. Do you suppose that was the Happy Harry gang or some members of it who were not captured and sent to jail? asked Mr. Damon. I don't believe so, answered the lad, shaking his head. Maybe they didn't really want to rob us. Perhaps they only wanted to delay us so that we wouldn't get to the bank on time. Bless my top knot, you may be right, cried Mr. Damon. Further conversation became difficult as they struck a rough part of the road where the vehicle swayed and jolted to an alarming degree. But Tom never slackened pace. On and on they rushed, Mr. Damon frequently looking at his watch. We've got twenty minutes left, 
he remarked as they came out on the smooth stretch of road that led directly into Shopton. Then Tom turned on all the reserve power into the motor. The machinery almost groaned as the current surged into the wires, but it took up the load and the electric car, swaying more than ever, dashed ahead with its burden of wealth. Now they were in the town, now speeding down the street leading to the bank. One or two policemen shouted after them, for they were violating the speed laws, but it was no time to stop for that. On and on they dashed. They came in sight of the bank. A long line of persons was still in front. They seemed more excited than in the morning, for the hour of three was approaching, and they feared the bank would close its doors, never to open them again. The run is still on, observed Mr. Damon. But it'll soon be over, predicted Tom. Some news of the errand of the automobile must have uh, penetrated the crowd, for as Tom swung past the front entrance to the bank to go up the rear alley, he was greeted with a cheer. They've got the cash, a man cried. I'm satisfied now. I won't draw out my deposit. I want to see the cash before I believe it, said another. Tom slowed up to make the turn into the alley. As he did so, he glanced across the street to the new bank. In the window stood Andy Foger and his father. There was a look of surprise on their faces as they saw the arrival of the powerful car, and Tom fancied also a look of chagrin. Up the alley went the car, police keeping the crowd from following. The porter was at the door. So also was Mr. Pendergast and Mr. Swift, while some of the other officers were grouped behind them. "'Did you get the money?' gasped the president. "'We did.' answered Tom. Are we on time, Dad? Just on time, my boy. They're paying out the last of the cash now. You're on time. Thank fortune. End of chapter 20. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Storytime with Kurt. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash storytimewithkurt. If you want to stay up to date with all the recordings moving forward, you can catch the live recordings on twitch.tv slash VO by Kurt. Or follow me on Twitter at VO by Kurt. And that's Kurt spelled with a K. If you have suggestions for future books, please send me an email at Kurt at storytimewithkurt.com. See you next time.